0: Hey fam, welcome to another Prophetic Listening Podcast episode. Uh, before we start this episode, I have a quick announcement to make. So uh, this podcast has been on air for the past three months. We're, we've reached our three-month anniversary. Yay! Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. A uh, couple changes that are going to be taking place uh, starting now and moving into 2024. Because I am working on some new programming for the Center for Prophetic Listening, um, I'm actually going to be switching gears with the podcast and making the episodes um, one a week as opposed to two a week. That way I can focus on the quality of it and still be able to produce, edit, and distribute uh, episodes on a weekly basis, but it's just going to be one a week versus two a week. So instead of episodes coming out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, moving forward, they will be coming out on Wednesdays. One episode a week on Wednesdays. Can't wait to see you on a regular basis still on the Prophetic Listening Podcast. Thank you for your support. And if you haven't left a review already, what are you waiting for? Come on now, leave that review. Five stars, put your name on it, and you might be selected to be on the podcast. Thanks guys. Hey fam! Welcome to The Prophetic Listening Podcast, The Art of Hearing God's Perfect Will, the podcast that invites you to tune into God's guidance and discover His flawless plan for your life. I'm Michelle Honora, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm an author, speaker, and spiritual direction coach, as well as the founder and director of the Center for Prophetic Listening. In a world filled with noise and distractions, finding clarity in God's will can be a challenge, especially if you're facing significant life transitions. Whatever challenges you're encountering, you're about to learn how to discern God's perfect will for both significant and everyday situations. So tune in, open your heart, and embark with me on this sacred quest to hear God's voice and discern His perfect will for your life. Welcome to the Prophetic Listening Podcast. Hey ma'am, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Prophetic Listening Podcast. Super stoked that you're here with me. And today is one of my favorites. We're doing a solo episode where I get to talk with you on a topic that is uh, near to my heart and that the Lord is really giving me as as kind of a timely uh, subject to share. So this is going to be a little unorthodox, but I I actually want to open up this episode with this prayer by Sir Francis Drake written in 1577. You heard that right. It's a prayer by Sir Francis Drake written in 1577. And for those of you who don't know, Sir Francis Drake was a world-renowned um, English explorer. Uh, he he lived and worked under the time of uh, Queen Elizabeth I. Um and if I'm not mistaken, I think also her father, King Henry VIII. Uh, all you history buffs, don't don't check me on that. <laughs> um, but she was, he was a contemporary of hers, and uh, and and yeah, he just um, was a fearless explorer. So, but he wrote this prayer in 1577, and uh, I remember hearing it for the first time when I was in college. I was a junior, I believe, and a missionary shared this prayer, and it moved me so much that I ended up finding it, printing it, um, keeping it on my wall. And every single home I've had, I have posted that prayer on my wall. In a lot of ways, this feels like the prayer of my life. And so I'm going to share this this, uh, prayer with you, and then we're going to break it down, talk about scripture and address the subject at hand. So it's called Disturb Us Lord. Disturb Us Lord When we are too well-pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore, disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim." disturb us lord to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery where losing sight of land we shall find the stars we ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength courage hope and love ooh i get chills every time i read that prayer i really really love it um I felt led to just really break it down, kind of stanza by stanza and, um, and talk about the application of it in our own lives, as well as what the Lord says in his word in Isaiah um, 43. So really quickly, I'll start off with what, um, the Lord's word in Isaiah 43, starting at Isaiah 43, 14, this is what the Lord says, your redeemer, the Holy one of Israel, For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a path, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. So at this point in time, uh, Israel has been in a back and forth with the Lord of of disobedience. Right. And he takes a moment to recall times in Israel's past when he showed up and showed off for them uh, and, and was faithful to them. But I love how he says in verse 18, forget all that. <laughs> it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And so I, I, want, I want you guys to think of this episode. In fact, I'm probably going to call it, um, Are You Settling? Are You Settling? Let's swing back to the Sir Francis Drake poem, Prayer. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well-pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. I want you to ask yourself if this applies to you. Are there dreams that have come true in your life because you dreamed or you dreamt pretty small? Are there things that you wanted that you that you dreamed of, but you ended up downsizing your dream so that reality could fit your dream versus reality becoming so that your dream could fit reality versus reality rising up to your dreams. I'll use myself as an example. Um, when I was a kid, actually, I'm I probably not the best example. <laughs> because from the time I was a kid, I was always a, a really big dreamer. Uh, I always believed that I would be world famous. <clears throat> um, I, I promise you, I'm not a narcissist, but I always believed that I was just, I was made to be seen. And that that one day the whole world would know my name. Uh, and I always thought that it would be in the context of maybe singing or acting or for a time modeling. I modeled when I was a teenager. And so I just thought one of these ways, some way I'm going to, I'm going to make it big and be rich and famous. And, um, and, and people will know who I am now that is a pretty big and audacious dream, but it's not unusual. A lot of, uh, teenagers and kids have have those dreams and then they grow up and life hits them and they start to kind of downsize their dreams. And actually that was something that I started to do in my early twenties. Um, I had done some modeling, but definitely didn't reach the financial or social success I thought I would um, from that. Despite working my butt off as a model, um, I tried auditioning for talent agents uh, in in LA. Never got my foot in the door. Never got representation. So I couldn't even get past like the front goalpost, the first goalpost towards this dream of being some uh, rich and famous. Actress or or um, model, and then <clears throat> I went to uh, drama school when I entered college. I went to NYU very briefly, Tisch School of the Arts, for acting, and it was right around that time that the Lord kind of yanked me out of that, <laughs> and um, completely changed my desires so that it wasn't even something I wanted anymore. And he made it clear that I was not called to, to be an actress. Um, so for a season, as I went through college, you know, anxiously trying to figure out what my life's call was, I started to downsize my dreams. I started to just think to myself, you know what? I need to be practical. I'm an adult. I, am. I don't have mom and dad to fall back on for uh, financial support. I mean, I love them. They're still my life. They support me, but they they simply cannot financially support me. I don't really have a huge safety net. And so I just started to think to myself, well, um, that was fun dreaming that, but I really just need to get an office job. I need to get a nine to five and I need to start paying off my debts and I need to start doing the whole Dave Ramsey snowball effect and um and just come to terms with the fact that maybe i'll never make a huge impact maybe maybe um the best and the highest that god has for me is to just be able to pay my bills and be a uh, a functioning self-sufficient adult <laughs> and it was a very depressing kind of season in my life but that's what i did when i was 25 i got Uh, a desk job. I worked as a receptionist. I was an entry-level position. Um, even though I had a bachelor's degree, it, in that economy, it was the best that I could get in, um, in San Diego. And I, I lived in a house with three other girls. Um, so I had a, a rooming situation and, you know, there is something to be said for having some contentment. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money at all, at all. (laughs) I couldn't afford to have my own place, but I was driving a car that was completely paid off in cash. I had a roof over my head. I had my own bedroom in this really cute uh, kind of bungalow slash house in a really nice part of San Diego. And, you know, I, I hated my job, but at least I had a steady paycheck every other week. So you can see, even as I'm describing this, that there were some ways in which I could look at my life and go, okay, you know, things are going okay. But I also had this deep sense of, I am not even scratching the surface of my potential, my talents, what I have to offer the world, who I can be, what I can be, who, what I can do. And I felt like I was slowly dying inside. So in a sense, I had gotten too well-pleased with myself. I was a functioning independent adult, but I was living a substandard life because at that point in time, the only dream that I had was just stability, financial stability, Um, and even that was hanging by a thread because as I found out later, you can lose your job and, you know, your finances can take a turn for the worse at any moment in time. Um, and it was very clear to me when I was working that job that it was just a job. It wasn't a calling. It was, it was just a job. So I dreamt too little during that season. And I still remember Coming to a place where Megan Kelly, of all people, um, I found myself really intrigued with her story and really just fascinated by her story i didn't i didn't I had no interest in becoming a journalist um, at the time, I was pretty apolitical, so i I didn't quite care where she where she landed on on issues um, but i I did know that she was very successful in her profession and she was a wife and a mother. And those were all three things that I wanted. I want to be successful in my profession and love what I do. And I want to be a wife and I wanted to be a mom. And it just so happened that around the time that I started looking her up, she had a book that was about to be released called settle for more. And I, I bought the book, I bought the book. And in the book, she talked about how she basically had a little bit of a life crisis or an existential uh, awakening, if you will, when she was 30 years old and she was working as an attorney, she was married, uh, to her first husband and she was just not in a good place. And she went on to describe, um, her moment of realizing that she had settled for less and that she actually needed to settle for more. Well, as I'm reading her story of, how she realized she had settled for less. I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I have absolutely settled for less. And what would it look like for me to settle for more? And I knew that the Lord had led me to that book. I knew that the Lord was trying to speak to me through it. I knew that the Lord was daring me to dream a little bigger and to go again. So let's swing to the next uh, stanza of the prayer disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for life. We have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. So this to me um, is interesting because I have never been in love with my life. So I can't really speak to that. However, I will say that sometimes I will look at people who, uh, they, they absolutely love their lives and they, they love every minute of it. And I think that God is in that. I do believe that he has called us to, to enjoy our lives. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's Ecclesiastes five, Solomon talks about, um, what a blessing it is to be able to enjoy the work of your hands. Um, and have the, have the good health to enjoy the fruit of your labor. But at the end of the day, we don't want to lose sight of ultimately what this is about. And that's about eternity with him. That's about fulfilling our purpose uh, in him. That's about having communion with him in everything in every way all the time. And I guess I do have something to say to this, because this is actually something that I, I am challenged in currently when you are an entrepreneur, when you're a creative person like me, you're constantly building, you're constantly strategizing, you're constantly creating, and it's very easy to get into tunnel vision and tune everything out, including Holy Spirit, including sight and perspective of what all of this is about at the end of the day. And that is something that I have struggled with immensely, particularly because I get extremely distracted by my phone. And something that I'm currently working on, and I think this might be helpful to you as well, is assessing how I wake up every day. So a rule I used to have for myself a few years ago was, and this is when I lived with people, was that I would not talk to anybody and I would not watch anything. I would not take any information in and I would not give any information out until I had spent the first 30 minutes of my day with the Lord. That was just my, my personal role. I didn't advertise it. I didn't share it with people. It was just what I did. And so when I lived with other people, I made sure I was the very first person to get up. Um, or I made sure that I went to another part of the house where I wouldn't encounter somebody so that I, I wouldn't end up being rude. Um, but I I made it a point to make make sure that the very first voice I heard was that of the Lord, was that of Holy Spirit. That is not something I've been doing recently. <laughs> and that is actually something that I, I believe he's calling me to to readopt, to, to engage with again. Sometimes we get so stuck in in the success of life or even the failures of life. And we forget that um that there's a bigger picture to be aware of. And so yeah, that's how that ministers to me in the moment. <clears throat> So pausing uh, and stopping for a moment to stop talking about me. Let's turn this back to you, those of you listening. When you think about your dreams, are there any dreams that you have hidden in your heart that you actually need to resurrect? Are there any dreams that you, that you have either hidden away or you've buried, maybe you buried them because it's been so long since you pursued them or, or you put your blood, sweat and tears into it and it didn't happen because it wasn't the right time. Or, you know, there was some sort of major disappointment. Are there dreams that you have either, uh, shrunk or, killed because it was easier to just keep your dreams small so that they could be realized i want you to first ask yourself that and then i want you to take a moment and just ask the lord that and see what he says okay you can even pause this this podcast if you wanted to do that right now and then the other thing i want you to ask the lord is looking at your life and how much you enjoy it or how much you don't enjoy it. I want you to ask him if you have allowed your vision of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven to dim in any way, shape, or form. And if you have, what is the solution to make that vision vivid again? Now, remember you are not to ask this for the sake of condemning yourself or, or, you know, flogging yourself in any way, but truly this is an opportunity for you to just come before Papa God and get his perspective on where you are. Okay. Let's move on to the next stanza. Disturb us Lord to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery or losing sight of land. We shall find the stars. This is probably one of my favorite parts of that prayer. And I'll tell you why. So swinging back to 20, let's say 2017. Um, this was a few months after I'd read settle for more by Megan Kelly. Um, I promise you guys, she's not sponsoring me, <laughs> but This was a few, few months after I read that book, I had already started putting in motion a plan to get out of my, my toxic corporate nine to five job. And I was saving quite a bit of money, um, in preparation for leaving that position. And my plan was to leave in December of that year after I got my bonus. Well, uh, the Lord had other plans and so did the firm because they let me go five months earlier than I had planned on, on resigning. And I remember God bathing me with complete and total peace, making it very clear that he was in this, that he had determined it was time to go. And he literally timed it down to the very month, um, the very last month that I absolutely needed to stay in order to be eligible for unemployment. So he just worked it out ridiculously perfectly (laughs) and relieved me of that, that extremely stressful, um, job. But that's where, uh, venturing out on wider seas really began for me because he made it very clear to me that I was not to go out and get another job that I was, that he was leading me into a season of radical trust, radical faith, and radical obedience. And that season continued on for, I want to say two years. Yeah. Two years, two and a half years where I was um, leaning on and relying on the Lord for my provision, for his guidance, for wisdom in my decisions, uh, for understanding who was to be in my life, who I was to pay attention to, who I wasn't to pay attention to at the time. It was one of the most difficult, but also rewarding seasons. And That stanza where uh, Sir Francis Drake talks about storms, where storms will show your mastery. There were so many periods of of time in my life, in that season of my life, that I didn't know where I was going to, there there were times where I didn't know where I was going to lay my head down the morning I woke up, like I woke, I would wake up in the morning, not knowing where I was going to sleep that night because I was supposed to be out of the the place that I was in. And then God just would radically show up in the course of the day and reveal to me, okay, that's where you're supposed to go. There were times when I had absolutely no idea how a particular bill was going to be paid or an expense was going to be met. And all of a sudden God would be like, okay, go to this church. And somebody would come up to me and just give me hundreds of dollars. Um, There were times when I, there was a time, there was a time when God caused money to appear pretty much out of thin air and provided for me when I needed groceries. Like God was so ridiculously faithful and And he showed up in such a powerful way, I believe, because I took my hands off of it and he had complete and total room to show off and to show his mastery so that he would get 100% of the glory and 100% of the credit. Because there's no way that I could have lived in San Diego. San Diego, California, in nice parts of San Diego, California, I'm talking Del Mar, I'm talking Escondido, I'm talking La Jolla. There were, I lived in really, really nice places in San Diego, rent free, rent free for two years. I didn't pay stitch of rent. He kept me in perfect health. He uh, provided for all of my needs was it a, an extremely stressful time because i wasn't providing for myself in a conventional way yes it was and yet god was 100% my sustainer so in those storms in that stormy season he truly showed his mastery and in a lot of ways it felt like i was in the middle of an ocean with no real life raft i mean he was he was my life raft he was he was the only person who was sustaining me and keeping me afloat and I didn't know when that season was going to end. Um, and I, I embarked on that season before even knowing that I was about to embark on that season. So that was a, a really gnarly time, but that's what that verse means to me. So I want you to think, turning back to you, what has there been a season in your life where it has been incredibly stormy? And God has shown shown you his hand in the midst of the storm. I just want you to to reflect on that. Ask yourself that. And if you can't think of it, ask Holy Spirit to remind you or to show you. And maybe some of you listening, you're in the middle of that stormy season right now. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I want to encourage you to bring that before him and ask him for his perspective on this season. One thing he was very faithful to do for me and with me was to give me kind of an overview of the season of radical obedience that I was in and why I was in it and the fruit that I could expect to emerge as a result of it. Okay, swinging to the very last stanza, We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This to me is, this reminds me actually a lot of um, that saying to burn the ships, you know, um, to keep going, to keep pushing through, to not get stuck in complacent, comfortable Christianity which Americans are extremely good at. (laughs) Most Westerners in general are very good at. Uh, We're not exactly being persecuted. We're definitely not being martyred. So, but what would that look like for you to step out of your comfort zone? And that doesn't necessarily need to be in your faith. It could just be in maybe a dream that God has put in your heart that he wants you to pursue. Maybe there's a business idea. Maybe uh, there's a relationship that needs reconciliation. Uh, maybe he's bringing a relationship into your life and you're a little freaked out. I don't know what it is for you, but it's not for me to know. It's for you to ask the Lord. So for this very last stanza, I want you to ask the Lord, um, what are you calling me to, to push back, to let go of in order to push into the future? What is the good thing you're calling me to let go of in order to apprehend the great, the great thing? I'll use myself as an example again. For me, it was actually coming to terms uh, shortly after I lost my job with the fact that God was not calling me to write novels in in this recent and new season. So, prior to even working that corporate job. I had written and published five best best-selling novels. I'd made a small living out of it, but a living. And my temptation when I lost my job was to just jump right back into telling stories. I had several that I could have written, uh, several books I could have written and produced. I had a strong readership still, and it could have pretty much fast-tracked me to making some good money quickly. But I felt like the Lord was strongly telling me to just put a pin in the the novel writing for now. Um, He kind of equated it to a bear that was in hibernation. He said, the bear is still hibernating. You are not to write novels right now. And it was during that two-year season of radical obedience that prophetic listening emerged. And now... There has been so many iterations of the Center for Prophetic Listening, uh, sometimes I can't keep up with it. What I will say is that to me, it's very clear that this is a higher calling than something I could have assigned myself. And the Lord is constantly pushing the goalpost. And as a result, what I offer through the Center for Prophetic Listening just gets better and better and better. And I believe will impact more and more and more people. Okay. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I know that this is kind of unorthodox. Um, I do want to repeat Isaiah 43, 18 verses 18 and 19, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do for. I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Thank you guys for watching this episode. I'll see you on the flip side. God bless. Hey, fam, fam. I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this episode. I really, really hoped that you were blessed by it. If this taught you anything, about hearing God more clearly, about listening to Him with other people, if it inspired you watching other people connect with the voice of God, I want to encourage you, share this show. Don't be greedy. Don't keep this all to yourself. Share this show, let other people know about the Prophetic Listening Podcast, share it on your social, text a friend about it, bring it up in conversation, whatever that looks like for you. Also, if you could do me a huge solid and leave a review, guys, that helps increase visibility. There is nothing like word of mouth traction. So please leave a review. Lastly, if you want to connect with me on social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at theMichelleAnora. You can also Find my work, my resources, my e-courses, as well as the certification program on www.propheticlistening.com. Thank you again. Tune into the next episode. We're here every week. Can't wait to see you on the flip side. God bless.